Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly message. Perfect. So if you're, um, if you're just visiting with us today, this may not be the most riveting event of your week. Um, or it might be. No, no, it really might. I just, I said may not. I'm leaving like a wide open like birth for like possibilities. Um, but it, so this, this month in July, we're just, it's the new fiscal year, everyone. I don't even know what that means. Uh, what if finance, is it fiscal or just financial? Yeah, but fiscal sounds way more intelligent, um, which I just ruined. Um, and we, we, we have, you know, historically here at Central rarely ever talked about money. It's, and that is my fault. Like, what a, if you want to like make a list of Carolyn's leadership weaknesses, um, there, it could be, you know, a few things on the list. Top, <laughs> top 20, uh, would be like just a hesitancy to talk about money. Um, I have historically just found it really hard to do. I've been in churches where it's been over-talked about. I think I'm aware of, you know, just that some of us come out of those places where it's been overdone. Some of us haven't. And so talking about money is just like, yeah, just chat, chat to us about money. We're all good. Um, so that it's just, it's been a bit of a weakness of mine. But this year in particular, um, the board has been um, just becoming more intentional with uh, our, the, the way that we're, you know, kind of governing the church and our responsibilities in leading things. And so out of that, it's given us a bit more space and impetus and inspiration, I think, to talk more frankly about our community and our finances and things like that. So if you are just visiting, you might learn some things about our church, but you might also capture a little bit of our heart and culture around a topic that's often quite hard for you know, people to talk about. And they say never talk about politics and money or sex, religion. I mean, oh God, we're just like ticking all the boxes. Um, so anyway, the, the, uh, and this is, this, these are just a few. <laughs> what was that? Well, yeah, why not? Like, um, Jesus. Sex, sex and money. <laughs> um, these are, yeah, and Dan is actually the chairman of the board. Um, but he's on paternity. Uh, he's in a big chair down the back, unpaid leave. Um, and so we've got Michael and Peter and Dave. And the board is essentially responsible for the governance um, of our community, of our church. We're an organisation, we're an incorporated association. So that comes along with, in my opinion, boring things to do with the government. That's why it's called board. Um, uh, the board is responsible for the finances of the church and the constitution of our church and essentially is like the governing kind of like body. I'm responsible to the board. Um, the board's also sort of responsible to me. So there's a reciprocal relationship that happens here. But we, um, yeah, this year in particular have been really getting a little bit more intentional about where we are and where we want to go as a community um, in relation to some of this stuff. So they're going to share a few things this morning. But before, well, actually, to start us off, I, I have asked them to share each really briefly, just a few minutes, um, what was the, the values and ethos and attitude to money that they inherited from their family 
Um, and then what is their current kind of like posture towards money? And if it's changed, what are some of the things that have changed? Because the truth is we swim in a capitalistic society. And so whether we're aware of it or not, we all have values and a culture around money in our own lives and we often inherit that from our parents or our family of origin but at different times that does develop and change throughout life certainly as we follow Jesus and Jesus has a lot to say about money and so I don't know who's kicking us off with this one but Dave will just maybe yeah a few sentences just to share with us yeah all three just answer all three in one lot I reckon okay thank thanks Kara uh, so for me, I grew up in a family that didn't really have a lot of money. Um, I remember sometimes there wasn't enough to pay the electricity and the extension cord would lead from the house next door into the house just so we could use the electric fry pan to cook dinner. So it was a bit tough at times. And I remember um, a really important lesson. Um, we used to have sometimes soft drink delivered in little crates around at different houses and I had to pay the person for the money. And when I was, I probably was about 12 or, or so, and I was at home and, and the guy came, anyway, I gave him $20, I think, and he gave me the $20 back plus all the change. And I looked at it and thought, no, this is wrong. So I gave him back the $20. I said, I think you've given me too much. And I gave it back to him. And, and I thought I'd done a really good thing. And when I told mum, she went off at me because that was 20 bucks I could have kept. And, <laughs> and, I, and I didn't even have to tell her that I'd kept it. So it was really messy um, uh, information about that. But as I sort of grew older and uh, developed in my faith, um, again, lots of messy noises about money in church contexts. But I really came to understand that um, it was more than just something to earn and pay the bills, that in actual fact, uh, God had given us stuff that we could enjoy and that we didn't actually have to feel guilty or bad about enjoying the things that God had given us. So that sent me on a journey where I actually became a coin collector. And one of my favourite collections, and the young people here have probably seen this already, but I've got this collection that I bought over 20 years ago. And it's actually a... Um, thanks. It's actually a um, little coin set that has a coin, one coin from each century for the past 2,000 years. So you'll be able to have a look at that. But for me, again, this just highlights the practicality of money and the fact that it's been around for a long time. Like it's not something that that is only, you know, our world that's struggling with it and how I do with it. But, you know, I can't imagine how many people have physically touched these coins and what they've actually been used to do. But for me, that just helps make money really tangible. And it's just a, it's just a resource. It's a thing that we can learn to manage and use well. Um, but the thing that probably most changed my life about money is this little book called The Richest Man in Babylon. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but this, um, it's sort of like a parable um, and it really um, established some very key and important things for me about money. One is um, pay yourself first. And it's this idea that if you work and earn money, but you pay all the bills and everything and you're left with nothing at the end, then you've actually worked for everyone else and not for you. But actually learning that it's okay to pay yourself first and then from that sort everything else out really just changed the way that money works 
in my life. And I developed a little principle, which is just a number. It's 10, 20, 10, 60. And that's just the proportions of how I distribute the money that I have. And it just means that every time I have that money and I use that, because it's deliberate, I'm not tempted to shortchange myself or shortchange anyone else because it's actually um, applicable to whether I have a lot or whether I have a little, and that's made all the difference to me. So that's sort of my story with money. Wow. Well, I think I have a bit of a parallel from growing up. For my dad, I think uh, money was all about survival. So he ran a marginal farm out of Barradine when I was um, born. Um, and then later he was self-employed as a real estate agent in Tamworth and survival with money was a struggle. And so I think he was keen for me to have job security and, um, and financial security because he never did. So uh, I subconsciously took that to heart and clung on too tightly perhaps to financial and job security. Um, but now I would say I try not to think about money too much. Um, yeah, but I'm probably still fairly prudent and cautious with how I spend money. But I think uh, I recognise that wealth is not important to me, um, that we're custodians of the resources entrusted to us. Um, they're not an entitlement, but something for us to practise wise, wise stewardship with. And um, I've had, I guess, so that, that's... But the change in that has been because of a, a growing awareness of stewardship in me. Um, I spent most of my career actually looking after state road assets, um, roads and bridges, and uh, uh, asset management and stewardship are sort of terms that went hand in hand. And I actually, even though the word stewardship's a bit of a biblical one, I introduced it as a core value to RTA at the time. And that was adopted throughout RTA as something that recognising that this public service organisation was there not as owners of an asset but as managers on behalf of the public. And um, I think I've carried that over into my private life, so I'm fairly fastidious about maintaining cars and houses and things. So hence our, our new car is a 25-year-old vehicle that still looks and runs like it's new. It's also why I fix old tools instead of buying new ones, mostly. Um, why I'm passionate about looking after our planet as well. It's sort of the stewardship thing. Um, I'd also say my growing understanding of Aboriginal Australia um, and the nature of white privilege has been a factor in my changing values towards money. And another factor has been Cheryl's more generous and giving nature than mine. <laughs> Yeah, when I was growing up, I used to get pocket money from mum and dad and, and little film canisters and it was like five cents to buy an icy pole at the canteen once a week or something. Money was a bit tight um, and we had a little church givings, little collection, we'd stick the coins in. Um, but my dad would teach me, he would say often, Michael, honour God with your trust. And it's something that his dad taught him um, in the Depression growing up when they didn't have much money at all. Um, and in weeks when 
he earned a pittance. He would just faithfully give a tenth of his pittance and friends and other church members would scoff at my grandfather um, but he would just say, I honour God with my trust and that, that's where the rubber hit the road for him and he always had enough for his family. Um, yeah. Flip side of that, that can be stingy, tight. Um, I'm trying to learn to be more simple and generous. Um, but yeah, just I, I always trust God with my money first. Um, and, <clears throat> and just give from what I have uh, rather than from what I don't have. Um, thanks, guys. So we historically, because of me, have um, been pretty shy talking about money here at Central. But how would you three describe what our community's values are around giving and generosity and finances? My short answer to that is that I think we've always been intentionally generous. I think we've aimed to give um, to community, both our local community and artist grants and the, and people in need and and our particular our focus with our Wabo has been a, an act of generosity from our church. Yeah, I've, I've only been around for just over three years and my sense of the approach of this church to money is a bit mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit of waiting. Yeah, that's that's a very fair. Uh... Um, so <laughs> I wrote that I'd say Central's been avoiding the topic of money, maybe a bit out of fear, but mostly because it hasn't known how to talk about it. My guess is there is an aspiration to be generous, but keeping money as a separate thing from our whole approach to living in the community actually creates a blind spot. And I think it's good to have a clear, confident approach to how we engage with the topic of money because it's really about our faith as much as anything else. Yeah, I think um, we have a simplicity um, about money and wealth, about not needing to own and control. And the cheeky part of me sort of thought one of our values is out of control and I, I mean that in the sense of um, money, things associated with money often greed and fear and um, I think we let go of a lot of that fear and greed when we don't own a building, when we give generously to missions um, and I love that simplicity, um, the creativity, the thoughtfulness, and perhaps the shyness. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Dave, I think this one's for you. Is that right? Oh, no, it is. Yeah, sorry, the next question is for Pete. This is how smooth we are. So, Pete, how, can you explain how our church finances actually work? No. Great. Could you um, say something? To <laughs> I'll, I'll say something. So, 
So firstly, I just wanted to say that our finances are sort of coordinated by, we have a bookkeeper and we have a, an accountant. And the accountant gives to the board a report every quarter and then every end of financial year as to how the church's money's going. So it's income and expenses and assets and liabilities. So that's the, that's the framework. And then do you want me to show the slides that I've shown over the last few weeks, which I've got ready to show oh, if we yeah, do maybe it. Just, I'll just briefly talk briefly. to them. You got them there, Oren? Oh, I'll, I'll do a half turn around. Yeah, thanks to Freya for, for uh, helping me produce the slides. I thought I'd embarrass her a bit more this time and put her name on there. Um, next one, please. So expenses, this shows where our money mostly goes. And as you can see, most of our money goes towards paying our staff. Um, the next most goes towards paying for where we meet, um, both in rent that we pay to Donna for this building and in the costs of running it. Um, and then the next, I'm pleased to say, is our giving to mission. Um, and then there's all the other stuff that I still couldn't tell you what it all is without going back to looking at the notes. Um, so next slide, please, mate, and the income. I need to hold it a bit closer. Thank you, Aaron. As you can see, we're pretty much entirely dependent on us as a community giving to have our income. That's where it all comes from. There's no government grants or anything. There's... Oh, I can't read what they say over my shoulder, but yeah, YWAM pay a bit of a contribution for their shared use of the building, and we earn a bit of interest from some of the money that's in the bank. That's all I wanted to say about that, really. It's really just the main, the main message there is that it's, it's us as a community that give to, to pay the wages, to pay the rent. Um, next, please. And yeah, this is the slide I showed because I only had the information and I still only have the information up to the end of the March quarter for this financial year. Um, and it showed we were in a bit of a hole. There was a bit of a gap between our income and expenditure. I am pleased to say there's been a couple of big end of financial year donations that have helped fill that hole. But on the, in the main, we're still going, trending the same way. And the next picture, please. So we show that just shows over the last 18 months or so, the number of people that are giving to the health of the church. And we as a board take some responsibility for that because we haven't been talking about money. So people aren't aware that there's a need. So hopefully this discussion allows people to understand where our needs are and, and how we're going. Next, please. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to recap the, the, the way we give to missions. So the next slide, please, Oren. Three areas, local, national and international. Um, and I don't want to dwell on that. Next, please. Yeah, the, the WA Boys has been a, a priority for us and we have committed $1,000 a month to the WA Boys. And that might be about it, I think. Yeah, just the, the how we, you can give either directly to the WA Boys through Empower Asia to make it a tax-deductible donation or you can give through our church to any of the, the mission causes. Because we have a missions account as well as a general account to which offerings go. That's my summary. Great. So, um, Dave, to function healthily as a community, um, what do we need from each other? What would you say we need from each other? Yeah, it's it's a really good question because it's the answer is going to be based around the finances, but obviously the finances aren't central. But because of the topic today, I want to weave that in if I can. Um, I guess, like it or not, money is the currency that we use for transactions in the world. Uh, 
we we need money as an input. Mainly, we get it individually as a, as a type of a pay, um, and then outputs are achieved. And if we think of it like a teapot, we can only keep pouring out tea as long as it keeps getting topped up at some point. So it's it's quite a functional thing. There's no there's no other reason for it except that without it, we're going to be limited in terms of what we do. But the reality is that at Central, we don't earn or sell anything. <laughs> so we can't get money in other ways like that. So we actually have to rely on donations, which, which get all sorts of religious words like tithing and giving and all sorts of things. But, but at the end of the day, it's the source of our income. And it actually has to be from the people that, that come here. That They're the only ones. We, it'd be lovely if people in the street just wanted to walk past and drop money in, but that's probably not going to happen. So as a consequence, um, I think that, that it's important to understand that whilst we're specifically speaking about money today, really it's about everything that you can contribute to our community. So how you use your time, how you use your resources, how you use your own home, like inviting people into it as a part of our community. That's that's as much about giving and being a part of the community as the money bit. And I think if we can view it a bit more like that, we, we begin to get a better understanding of what money is. It's not the one and only thing. It's, it's a part of what we do together as we live together and share our community. Um, but I think what's interesting is we're not good at knowing what to give to because we're probably not good at asking for it. If we're not good at asking for things as an individual, uh, I, I, need a, I need someone to give me a lift to the shops. Can anyone give me a lift to the shops? That's, a, that's an asking and receiving. Uh, I'm a bit short this week on, on food. I wonder if I can get some help with some food. That's an asking and a receiving. And it's, and we, we think of money as the thing of all of that, but money is just one of those things. So as we get better in a healthy community, I think we have to firstly start with a focus on gratitude. What do we already have what has God actually given you? And when you start from that place, I think you begin to see that you probably do have a bit more than you need. But that to me is the starting point of this entire conversation. God is incredibly generous to all of us. And I'm not talking about God gives us every cent we need. That's not what I'm saying. Although, interestingly, I think it does. But God gives us more than we need. And it's as we start focusing on that and, and viewing God like that, we begin to see that we can then contribute as well out of a sense of abundance. And it's not about guilting. It's about wanting to. It's about having it and wanting to share it because otherwise it's not being used. So the theory sounds easy, but what makes it difficult? Why is it so hard? I think because to really put it in practice, we have to actually be disciplined in it. So I know, for instance, with my own finances, I have that little formula. I use that formula. I don't, I don't forget about that formula. I don't 
take shortcuts on that formula. I don't think, oh, well, that's a little bit, but no one will matter. Like I actually work it out so that it becomes how I live and breathe and do things. But not just my money, my time. How much time have you committed to spending doing church things? Is it a day a term? Is it a day a month? What What is it? But actually getting that mindset into committing to something and then to do it, and I think that's the stuff that helps things flow through and money will naturally take the same pattern. Thanks, Dave. Um, so a bit more practically perhaps for us here as a community, what are um, some of our pressing needs and upcoming, I don't know, challenges as a community? Um, I think firstly we've got a slightly growing wages budget because we've got um, four people on, on staff part-time and one of those, Becca, who's being paid currently from a generous donation some time back, that grant or that money will run out for her in the near future. But even apart from that, um, the, the wages is growing, so we need our income to be growing to match. And the other pressing need is um, this building. Uh, we've started having a bit of a, a, a good look at it and realising how many shortcomings it has as a suitable place. Um, however, I've, I've, a bit more of my personal background, I've, I've got some scars from churches that have invested too much time and effort into buildings in the past and I'm, um, I'm pleased that we're a church that rents a property rather than tries to spend a lot of time and energy in, in raising building fund money or whatever to, to own a building. Um, I think it's good to have it as the minimalist we can manage, but nonetheless this building has some shortcomings. Um, none, not the least being access to the toilets um, <laughs> and leaking gutters and fascias. And, oh, there's a long list. Uh, electrical. Yeah, anyway, other people want to comment on that? <laughs> I don't mean on the building, on, on pressing needs. <laughs> Did I cover the things we should cover? I think they're the main Yeah, ones. I think for me one of the things would be, yeah, that we – I would love to keep Becca employed. She's she's um, working ha just half a day a week for us, so it's not a lot, but she's just really energising um, justice and mission stuff among us and, you know, listening to people and really helping us um, grapple with what it means to decolonise our faith, to practise – you know, justice and mercy as people who follow Jesus. So I'd really love to keep her on staff, but we, we don't have the budget for that currently. Um, she is being paid out of a, a like some money that someone gave us a few years ago. So I that that's that's a need that if we could sort of have, you know, more people giving, um, we might be able to keep her on staff beyond sort of I think it's about October when that runs out, which would be really wonderful. I think a real kind of asset and a gift into our church as we keep growing in those things. So that's one of the other things. But um, last question. I know how riveting this has all been for all of us. Um, if we had more money as a community, like you, you guys uh, along with others, we're sitting and we're the ones that get to dream and vision and imagine like what is it that Central could be? Like if we did have more money coming in, what are the things that, some of the things that sit in your heart around what we would do with that? Um, one of the things that grabbed my imagination a few years ago when we had that, um, the creative grants every couple of years or so, um, I loved just not just doing the tight 
necessary stuff, but um, creating beautiful art, um, something from our heart. Yeah, I don't know the background, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we we used to have an annual artist grant, so five thousand dollars, where we would put it out to like local artists and just say, hey, uh, submit something, and you know, we wanted to uh, Port Kembla is a very artistic place, um, and so we wanted to step into that and just keep creating art. And you know, I think many of us here really appreciate creativity and aesthetics and so for a few years there we did have an artist grant and it meant we sort of did had some photography exhibitions and had other things that go on which was just really lovely expression of us um, as a community that went outwards um, but we were we, we stopped being sort of able to do that as yeah for a few different reasons but yeah that would that was one of the I things I just want did. to add to what Michael was saying on that I think it, it just connects us better to our Port Kembla community too when we do that. Mm. Um, I I think for me what more money would mean is that people were trusting what we were doing with it. And I think I think God gives us for the things he wants us to do. So if we're clear on what it is that God wants us to do, then I trust that that will come. So, so the clearer we are on those things, so we've talked about staff. I, I think, I think it'd be in a great place. We'd be in a great place if we could have assurance for staff that their work is there to keep going. I think we don't want to be living hand to mouth, wondering if someone can keep working after October, for example. I think, I think we want to commit to that and be able to do that and know that that's locked down. It means then we can have different conversations. And I think there are all sorts of practical things that exist that we don't get to move to as long as we're dealing with that first step. So, for example, there are lots of young people potentially who could be helped with driving lessons. They, they live in a family where maybe the family doesn't have a car or they don't have enough time to do that 120 hours of driving. We don't need money to do that, but if it's something we commit to do, who are the people who are willing to give an hour or two of their driving time and their car to let someone help get their license? In Alfie, even that's right. But these these are the things that start making me get excited about what we can do as a community, and and there are many others. There's you know I, I I'm thinking big, like why why couldn't we do something like have an annual overseas trip with people? and support people who are able to go and do it, who couldn't otherwise pay to do it. But because it's something we want to do, we can have the funds available to cover it for people who can do it. It's that sort of idea. Thinking what what good can we do in the world and how can our money be made available so that those who have the capacity and time to do it but can't otherwise afford to do it, we can contribute to. That's the bigger picture for me as we look at what do we want to represent? What do we want to be known as? And how does our finances and all our resources contribute to that bigger picture? Any other things you guys want to add, Michael? An accessible building, yes, I know. It's not an accessible building. It, that is, these things are on our 
Sarah, Sarah's putting in a request for an accessible building. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess another perspective. I've got um, being a renter for the last five or ten years. It's not an easy gig, and um, I have a heart, personally, yes, for um, creating affordable, connected communal housing. Uh, in what I'm building for myself and my daughter. Um, I wonder if, you know, Central could be a part of that bringing something of value to this local community or further abroad. Um, so just want to put that out there. That's my personal thing, but I think affordable housing is a massive issue in our nation um, and it speaks to what Caro alluded to at the start, you know, capitalist society. <laughs> I, it's a part of me that has a growing um, disillusionment with it and I want to be subversive against that in a way. Um, yeah. That's great. Thanks, guys. I think I would sort of just say in summary for me, like we in the last many, many years since we sold our building and uh, we used to own a building, we used to have a big building, it used to be a massive, you know, we used to be that. Um, and one of the intentional things we did was to sell that building because we wanted to refocus our priorities so that our finances weren't being drained by unnecessary things like building and insurance and maintenance. We wanted to be a movable people of God. We wanted to be a generous people of God. We wanted to be like people that like finances didn't go to building our empire our church, but actually flowed through us to all the needs of the world. That's still the ethos of Central. Um, that we, we, so that's why we do not have air conditioning in this building. That's why we provide you a blanket in winter and a fan in summer because we could spend, we could drop thousands of dollars on making you feel comfortable for two hours a week, but we're not going to do it because that's thousands of dollars that could be better spent for something other than our own comfort. That's that's what energises some of our values. We want finances to just throw flow through us to things that are in need, whether it's in our local community or being able to support national things or needs pop up and we can just meet them. And I think one of the things we recognise is we do we are in a place where we need to have our general, you know, finances more stable and I don't know what the right word is, you know, reliable, thank you. So that actually all the, all of the other stuff comes in can just, just keep flowing. I don't think any of us are lacking in imagination. I don't think any of you are lacking in imagination. I think if we had a, uh, a community brainstorming session about what is God stirring in our hearts for how we could bless the community around us, we would not be short of ideas. And that's the kind of community I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of a community that can just bless and, um, give and endorse good, good things happening in our community because it can just flow through us because we're, we're okay and we can keep functioning healthily and we can just let it all go out to where it needs to go. So I think that's part of our ethos here. So thank you. Thank you for, you know, engaging with us. I know these are not always the most amazing things, but they're, 
Oh, I, I would, but I feel like we're really running low on time. This is what I want you to say. If you have questions you want to ask, you can see anything to do with our finances if you want to see it. If you have a specific question about something, um, if you need assurance on if I start to give, what does that go to, come and see one of these guys and they will explain it to you. But my encouragement and my, my request to you would be if you do belong here, at Central, have a think about the ways in which God might be inviting you to contribute out of your resources. For some of us, that might be financial. For others, it might be time and energy and hospitality and other kinds of things. But I do think for those of us that call this place... Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more about Central, visit us at centralchurch.org.au. Music by Chris D'Souza, beloved member of Central. (laughs) This financial year. (laughs) Bless you guys. Thank you.